0: What engages me, what what sets me on fire is seeing people's lives change for the glory of God. So, regarding the worship services, when I've seen people trust Christ, place their faith in Jesus, when I've seen people, we called it going public, and people would get baptized in a 500-gallon chemical tank right there on the stage, when I would see people share their testimony and go public with baptism, that, for me, just sets a fire in my belly where it's like, this is what I was created to do.
1: can be 1 Timothy 4.12 in the New International Version says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Today we welcome the amazing Josh (laughs) (laughs) Mace.
0: Oh, there it is.
1: Glad you had time to stop by. It's your birthday. It is. I didn't realize it. Happy birthday.
0: Thank you, my friend. I am 34
1: years old today.
0: Wow. Got my whole life ahead of me, Byron. Come on.
1: I think you were like 22 when I first met you.
0: Uh, I think so. A long time ago. Yeah, that's about about
1: the time. I know you came to Memphis when you were 21. That's right. But about 22, I think that's about the time we first met. Yeah. You're 34 now. Yeah, dude. We've known each other a long time. (laughs) That's crazy. Great to
0: be here, man.
1: Hey, so I open with this verse out of 1 Timothy about your youth. Yeah. Because you're a young man. Thank you. I mean, as you have stated, I heard you say that you're adult life yeah. pretty much has been right here in memphis for sure you moved here from madison mississippi that's right so most of your life with you and stacy yes as adults have
0: been right here that's exactly right
1: what does that verse mean to you i'm sure you've read it before
0: yeah well you know my dad was a a, a legendary kind of student pastor and then a church planter you know i think that my dad instilled in me some courage some bravery, some gumption, some boldness, as related to the gospel. I grew up hearing that verse and thinking, "You can do it, whatever that task is yeah. at hand, whatever whatever you feel like the Lord's calling you to do, you can do it." And that mixed with my personality and kind of like who I am, my my gifting, my wiring, my nature and nurture, uh, I believed that verse, you know, and I put it into action at an early age. I am uh, often shocked at even just some of our 20-somethings around our church, you know, and their maturity and their gumption and their, uh, their boldness and their faith. As compared to many people twice their age, and how they're just kind of phoning in their faith and, and living some apathetic lives. Yeah. But man, uh, I think the Lord uses youth and sort of that that boldness of youth. I mean, right when Jesus called his disciples, they were kids. Yes, they were young guys. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, man, I, I don't, I, I don't really love the term the uh, the next generation. I think it's the the now generation. The now generation. You know? I and love that. Yeah, I think whoever I've seen it uh, play out with people in middle school stepping up and sharing their testimony and being yep. bold in their faith and, and setting an example for people uh, three times their age.
1: You know, there used to be a, a TV show called This Is Your Life, and I don't know if you ever saw it. It was an old show <laughs> where... They would surprise somebody. They would come on the on the air, and then they would reflect back, and they would have all these surprise guests. Uh-huh. Now we're not going to pull old girlfriends out of the closet. <laughs> I don't I don't have anybody walking into the studio to surprise us today. Right, but I do want to recap the past twelve years. Yes, sir of what god has done in bringing you here to memphis as i mentioned from madison mississippi yeah were you actually born in madison
0: yeah so madison is a suburb of jackson mississippi the center of the universe jackson <laughs> mississippi and and i actually was born you know at a hospital in jackson but at the time my parents lived in clinton mississippi at uh mississippi college so and it, and at millsaps college in jackson so i had a pretty weird upbringing because about Eight, nine years of my childhood, I lived in girls' dorms, dormitories, <laughs> uh, both at Millsaps, first when I was born, and then at Mississippi College. Really, my parents were in ministry. They were in, my dad was planning a church. And so they realized, whoa, we could have a free place to stay and, and get paid if my mom, Kathy, could be the, the resident director in the <laughs> dorm. And we had, uh, they had live in. Uh, what, babysitters? Yeah. And they had, uh, but honestly, it was an incredible place to do ministry. And my parents, I still run into people today who are like, your parents were my dorm directors and they changed my life. They saw that as an opportunity to do ministry, which uh, meant I lived in a, in a closet right by the kitchen or something. You know, like I had, uh, a. <laughs> we were pretty much missionaries in, in the Jackson area. But yeah, and then we moved to Madison and my mom was a school teacher. My dad was still a church lead pastor, senior pastor at a church. And uh, we moved to Madison when I was, I guess in like the seventh grade and I lived, yeah. uh, the, uh, until I moved to Memphis, Tennessee. I was in Madison, Mississippi.
1: Well, I love your parents, both Kathy oh, yeah. and Gary. And Gary's been on the show multiple times, yeah. and I'm looking forward to having him back on in, in the near future. When was the first time that you walked on the campus at High Point Church?
0: Oh, good question. So that would be the beginning of 2009, and High Point was a very different place. We were still renting, uh, leasing, whatever it was, Briarcrest Christian School right here at the corner of 240 and Poplar. So I, I came up to interview and to lead worship. And then, eventually, High Point bought that campus, uh, the Briarcrest Christian School campus, and we began renovating it and and making it kind of our home as Briarcrest built a beautiful new facility out east. So the beginning of 2009, as I came up, I believe it was uh, February, I started in March.
1: Did you have any knowledge, foreknowledge about the ministry or know anything about High Point prior to coming? Actually, I
0: did because my dad's church in Jackson, we had interfaced with Speak, Speak Creative, who is still here in town, an incredible creative force. And they do websites and branding and all kinds of stuff. And we came up and we toured Speak to talk to them about doing our website for our church. In doing so, they handed us all this high point branding, all this high point literature. And so that actually, even though I didn't step foot on the campus, it was years before when I held that first folder that said, imagine dot, dot, dot. A perfect place for imperfect people, and so I remember very clearly me, my dad, our, our little crew, looking at that, going, "Man, this is a great looking church." That that man, they're they're going to do great things, and that was like years before I even wow. stepped stepped on campus in 09. Wow.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah, what have you enjoyed most about leading worship at High Point specifically,
0: Byron? That is a huge question. I would have to say two things. Okay what engages me what what sets me on fire is seeing people's lives change for the glory of god so regarding the worship services when when i've seen people trust christ place their faith in Jesus when i've seen people what we, we called it going public and people would get baptized in a 500 gallon chemical tank right there on the stage when i would see see people share their testimony and right. go public with baptism that for me just sets a fire in my belly where it's like this is what i was created to do i would pair that with the second answer would be this god had blessed high point me and a, a big group of people with some um really beautiful worship songs that we ourselves wrote, like in our body. And there have been a few moments, Byron, where we were leading a song that we wrote, and I would see people all across the room closing their eyes, singing out in in faith, uh, opening up their hands to the Lord, lifting their hands to the Lord, tears streaming down their face during certain songs that we wrote. And that's a powerful thing to be a, like a creative guy who just one morning after Bible study or something, just be there sitting there with a guitar all the way to seeing thousands of people engage with the almighty God, the living God in worship, singing a song that you wrote. That's a crazy experience, man. And so I've had the privilege of seeing that happen a whole lot. And that is, has been a massive honor for me and privilege and joy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you have any regrets in your role as a worship leader in these past 12 years?
0: It's a great question. Um, I would say this. I would say I regret any time that I – when I forgot what it was about. I regret any time that I I prioritized the production, the music, the lights, the transition, the excellence, the distractionless environment. Over a, a person that was on the team, and I think that Jesus models out for us walking slowly through the crowd. He values people and I think I think you know initially my title was probably worship leader, and I have grown to be worship pastor that is uh my priority now is that I would not only pastor my team but pastor the congregation in worship so anytime that that i am um, in my head, in my heart, was prioritizing the experience over the the individuals that I was shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with, doing life with. Right. I regret that, but that's been a cool lesson to learn over the last decade and a cool thing to grow into. And, and it really, uh, as you become a pastor, as you step into that season uh, of your life, it, it brings about new perspective and new priorities.
1: Do you ever feel like you have to defend your focus of worship to those who may have criticized or disagreed with your direction or your style?
0: Yeah. um, I don't know about defend. I don't know about the word defend, but I I would say this. Far too often, we uh, have some interesting sacred cows within the church, don't we? Yeah. And at one point – the hymn writers, the writers of the the hymns that are in the Baptist hymnal, they were having to defend those songs because uh, the the crowd at the time was calling them uh, evil because they were using Irish pub melodies and stuff to write the, the hymns. And then you know it's so funny because you look back and you're like, oh well, it's it's a, in the Baptist hymnal, and and we're, now you're defending that as as I'm defending whatever this new song that I wrote or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I think that um, that it's it's a privilege to use technology, to use sound, to use melody, to use harmony, and the gifts that God's given the team to tell a new story and to create a new song. And I think when you have the Holy Spirit, He's a creative God. Look, just look around. Look at the planet that we are walking through. He is a beautiful, creative God. And when we are living in the Holy Spirit, we are supposed to be and called to be, wired to be creative beings. So we need to be very careful about those sacred cows around our church.
1: What have been some of the more challenging things that you've had to face on staff these past 12 years?
0: <laughs> well, um, that's a big question, Byron. I would say a lot of churches measure success by buildings and budgets and booties and seats, yeah. numbers. It's interesting as we, at one point in time, we as High Point could have bragged about our buildings and our budgets and our campuses and our success, our attendance, yeah, right? Yeah, right? But through some of the highs and through, definitely through some of the lows, it wakes you up. It kind of grabs you by the collar and, and, and shakes you and says, what is important? How do you really want to be gauging success here? For me, success looks like discipleship and life change. And people in community and people trusting in Christ, growing in Christ, meeting with Jesus each and every day, each and every weekend, hearing from him, responding to him, responding to the gospel, living in light of the gospel. So we've had some really hard days. We've had some really good weeks. We've had some really hard months. We've had some really good years, some really hard years. I think leadership And pastorship has a lot to do with just staying faithful, clinging to the Lord, trusting in Him, obeying Him, not believing your own hype too much, but believing in in the gospel and in light of the gospel, doing ministry.
1: As a local ministry, what do you see as High Point's mission going forward? So
0: High Point is on an incredible trajectory right now. I had the privilege of helping our current lead pastor, Pastor Will Franco, and the team develop our new mission, our new vision, our new values. And the mission is to see a gospel-centered movement of believers who are living their lives differently, not because religion says, do this and don't do this, but because the gospel says, in Christ, this has already been done. You get to live in light of the gospel. And then I really think, Byron, that we're about to see discipleship one-on-one, one-on-three, like intentional, need to need Jesus-type discipleship cranked up, ramped up at high point. And honestly, if you look at the text, if you look at Scripture, discipleship, it changes the world. The multiplication of believers and um, disciples, it will change the
1: world. What are three things that you appreciate most about Pastor Will Franco?
0: Oh, man, that's a great question. I appreciate that he is he is a real, honest, vulnerable imperfect guy. He does not put on a front. I wish that our congregation could see Pastor Will at staff meetings so honest. He he asks for forgiveness. He admits where he's made mistakes. He is quick to say, I don't know. He's quick to be real about his struggles. He's, he's a vulnerable guy. I love Byron that he's crazy enough to think that we should preach the gospel every single week <laughs> and honestly preach the gospel to ourselves, but he will not let a, a gathering go by without preaching the gospel. Thirdly, in light of that, I love his passion. I love those last... 12, 15 minutes of his message, he's going to get passionate about the gospel because he is passionate about the gospel. As a passionate guy myself, man, I just respect that so much, and I think the world of him.
1: Last year, you were offered a sabbatical. After serving 11 years, I think you're offered one supposedly every seven years, but you moved up to 11 years and had not had that sabbatical. You took that time off. You and Stacy had some time together. You returned And when you returned, I sensed something was different. Mm -hmm. And a voice inside told me that Josh Mays is leaving High Point. Mm. And I said nothing to no one. (laughs) Nobody in my family. I just talked to God about it. Yeah, wow. And it was recently you announced that you and Stacy and this brand new baby are leaving High Point.
0: Yeah, I love that story. And and that's so sweet that the Lord would would just kind of lay that on your heart. We would need a whole another radio program to talk about the sabbatical
1: and we talked some about that on our Christmas special you and Stacy came in to talk about your journey with infertility and part of that story of sabbatical and sabbatical rest you talked about that
0: yes yes and it's so important if you throw a rock and hit a random Christian here in Memphis and say, what's the fourth commandment?
1: Uh, Honor
0: your father and mother. No, it's actually, you know, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. What does that mean? Oh, easy, go to church, right? But it's not just go to church. The word Sabbath is Shabbat. The principle is this, the farmer looks at the field and he says, I can't rest, I can't take a day off because I have to plow, I have to sow, I have to harvest, reap, I have to eat, I have to put food on the table. But God says, and maybe a listener needs to hear this right now, God says, no, you need to trust and you need to obey. You need to rest. He modeled that out for us. When the Sabbath is truly remembered and made holy, consecrated for the glory of God, it is, Byron, the day of the week that you look forward to all week. And it is the day of the week that fills you up and fuels you up all for the next week. Sabbatical is that same word, Shabbat. Yeah, man, when I got back, I was a different guy. I had done some really important work with the Lord. I had done some counseling. I had surrendered some things, laid some things on the altar. That's crazy that that the Lord shared that with you because honestly, man, I was in a new season. And with new seasons come new perspective and new priorities. And, and part of that perspective actually uh, led us to praying through and deciding on transitioning away from High Point.
1: We're going to talk about this transition, about you leaving High Point, but there's an important part here because that journey of infertility for many years and the the frustration, the cries and seeking God, the prayers that didn't seem to be answered was answered in a special miracle. And that's what we talked about on the Christmas special, how you guys were having a baby. Yes. And the baby, April 17th. Yes, April 12th. April 12th. Yes. Oh, I wrote down the wrong date. April 17th is our anniversary. April 17th. Okay, great.
0: There's some ties there. But <laughs> yes. April
1: 12th. April 12th. Baby James is born. That's right. And you get to hold this precious boy in your I arms. What's do. it like being a dad?
0: Oh, man. It's it's incredible. <laughs> you know, Byron, it's a joy. And I knew that, that we were going to be parents one way or another. We were going to foster. We were going to adopt. We were going to seek medical help. We were going to do whatever it took to become parents because we we really desired to disciple and to steward a kid or some kids for the glory of God. But praise God that he he just provided this miracle. He's a miracle. And before we left the hospital, Stacy and I held James and we prayed and we cried. We, We wept and we consecrated that baby for the Lord. And we told the Lord. And I'll tell every listener right now, this baby is not our baby. It is the Lord's. He is God's. But God has given him to us to steward and to raise for his glory. We're all in. We're all in. We're, we're going to preach the gospel to this kid. We're going to love this kid. We're going to train him up. And, and honestly, I think he's
1: going to be a, a force of nature, a warrior for the glory of God. Have you written any original numbers in honor of Baby
0: James? <laughs> no, not yet. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little gun shy, but it's been fun. I've got a, a few little tunes. Bought him a little ukulele when we were at the beach, and so sometimes at night when when Stacy's putting him to bed, I'll grab the ukulele and the dogs are laying on the ground, and I'll be. I'll, I've written a few little melodies on the ukulele, nice. but no, not not any uh, proper songs yet. But that's coming. They're I coming. I know it. they I are. Guarantee it, man.
1: Okay, tell us about Pine Lake Church in Madison, uh, Mississippi. That's the new position yes, the worship pastor that you've accepted.
0: Yeah, I have, man. So it's a long story. We don't have time for the whole story, sure. but bottom line is we got back from sabbatical. We found out we were pregnant, and Stacy said, Wow, Josh, I kind of wish there was a church in Mississippi that made sense for you. And so I made a phone call, and long story short, the state, the church— The campus, the role, the campus pastor, my friend, who I've known for 15 years, this position opened up. It kind of fell in my lap. A better way to say that is the Lord placed it before us and said, do you want to step out in faith and, and obey? Byron, it's sad. It's hard, man, to leave my friends and to leave this ministry here in Memphis at High Point that I love so, so dearly. But man, it's kind of cool to be a man and to step out in faith and say, I think this is what's best for my wife and my baby, so we're going to do it. So yeah, I'll be the worship pastor at Pine Lake Madison. Pine Lake is the largest church in Mississippi. Multiple campuses. Five campuses, uh, the Reservoir, Clinton, Mississippi, Madison, Mississippi, Oxford, and Starkville, Mississippi. Easter Sunday, uh, somewhere around... 15,000 people, Uh, it, it is a thriving, incredibly dynamic church where people are getting saved, people are in the Word of God, being discipled, getting baptized, they're on mission. Man, they have a cool thing. There's an app that Pine Lake has that you can download on your phone, and they have a cool thing called the L3 Journal, and the whole church is invited into uh, the reading of God's Word every single day and to journal. That's what everyone's talking about. What's the Lord showing you today? What did the Lord share with you and teach you today in in God's Word? And so it is a beautiful place, and um, we are so excited to
1: go and begin a new ministry and a new season there at Pine Lake. We're sadly excited for you. Yeah. We're excited that you have this opportunity, sad that you're leaving, thankful for the friendship. I just want to thank you personally. You've taught me a lot about true worship. When you get older, you can have a tendency to start looking at younger people. Like, that's why I opened up with the verses. Yeah. Don't look down. But heart needs to be tender, no matter what age you are. Yeah. And receptive to the Holy Spirit and the teachings of God through his word. That's right. And let other people who are being led by the Holy Spirit, as you and Stacy have been, to receive that, yes, you know, sir. and grow. And I, I thank you so much for thank you your, for your investment. That. I really do. Thank you. We don't have a lot of time, but I feel it's important that we wrap up with this one theme. We've been talking about the gospel throughout. We've been mentioning the word gospel. Yes, sir. And I can't help but think that there's somebody listening right now, Josh. They hear the gospel. They hear the gospel music, the gospel. That word is used a lot. But really, what does the gospel mean? What does the gospel mean relevantly to those who are listening right now? Listen, Byron, right now, this program is being
0: beamed out in the Mid-South. The mid-south of America. This could be called the buckle of the Bible belt. This is a very religious area of the world, but religion does not set people free. Religion enslaves. Religion puts people in chains. So it's not about a religious do or a religious don'ts. It's about a gospel done. So Jesus Christ loved us so much. God loved us so much to send his only son, Jesus. Jesus took the cross on our behalf. He was righteous. He had no sin. He bore our sin. He paid the price, our debt. And then he rose again. We really believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that he rose again. Gospel just means good news. Yes. And it's good news yes. that we don't have to pay our, the penalty for our sin. And Jesus did it for us. And honestly, when we really see the gospel, the only response, the only reasonable response is worship. The only reasonable response, not, and I'm not talking about singing songs. I'm talking about a lifestyle of worship, waking up every day and saying, thank you. Yes. Thank you for your grace. Grace is getting what you do not deserve. It's gospel grace is what it is. And so, man, maybe there's a listener today who you've tried religion. You've tried church attendance. But maybe right now you need to hear you get to live in light of a gospel done and you get to surrender to and accept the good news today, man, you can ask for forgiveness for your sin right now, and you could step from death to
1: life and live in light of the good news. That is such good news. Friend, if you're listening right now and you're at that place where you haven't discovered the good news we're talking about, if you have questions, we would love to talk to you. You can call us here. Let us continue the conversation more. Delighted to be able to do that. Josh, as we wrap up the show today, when you walked in the studio, you told me two things, one of which, today's your birthday. (laughs) Yes. Excited to wish you on 34 years. Yes, thank you. Something else you told me was your grandmother passed away this morning.
0: Yes, sir, she did.
1: So I would like to dedicate our show today in her honor, her memory. Thank you. She suffered toward the end? Yes, she did. I know you enjoyed going down and singing hymns to her and and loving her. Give us
0: something about her life. Well, you know, uh, my mom and dad called me this morning and said, happy birthday. We have some bad news. But then they quickly followed that up with, but really, it's good news. She's not suffering anymore. She's not miserable anymore. She's in, in no pain. She is in the presence of King Jesus. And my grandmother, my mamaw, she loves Jesus. She loved Jesus here on earth and she loves Jesus right now in heaven. She's experiencing glory, you know? Life is short. It's lived in seasons. Seasons come and seasons go. The reality is thank God for eternity with him. Thank you for dedicating this show to her. Honestly, uh if you're listening, pray for me cuz my grandmother was a prayer warrior. I credit and attribute so much in my life due to her praying it into existence for me. God bless you, my friend. Yeah,
1: man, I'm grateful for her, grateful for you. Christ's peace and comfort to you and your family. If folks that love Josh Mays and want to stay in tune and contact with what's going on in future ministry, you have a website, don't you? Yeah, we do, actually. We have a website called
0: Mays.Family probably one of the easier ways is just to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram to search Josh Mays M-A-Z-E. We would love to connect with you and we're excited. We don't know what all ministry and life is going to look like back down in Mississippi, back down south, but we know that God's going to do an incredible work and we can't wait to, that old adage, find out where God's at work and, and get involved. That's what we're doing. Well, come back. Let's do it. Absolutely.
1: Friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for joining us with our guest, Josh Mays. I'm Byron Tyler, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.